I appreciate that song about old-time religion. Amen. And uh, I asked them to sing that this morning because uh, what the Lord had laid upon my heart to preach, uh, God laid it on my heart on Monday afternoon. And uh, I was just uh, headed up to Kentucky and was praying about uh, our church and revival this week. And let me say this, uh, Brother Barnes will be preaching tonight and him and Brother Brown will be preaching each night, Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock and we'll have choir singing, special singing. And so be here each night, amen, and cancel anything you've got going on. It's not more important revival. Can I get an amen right there? Be here. Your church needs you. You need your church, and I'm going to tell you, if you, the church you have today, if you want it a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, be here for revival. Amen. Say, preacher, you just trying to put the guilt on me out. No, I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. Uh, churches are dying all around us. And uh, when you lose it, friend, you don't get it back. Amen. And uh, this has been what's been on my heart all this week and been praying. I'm going to preach a message that if you've been uh, anywhere as I've been in revival, you've heard me preach this. I may have preached it at Bible Baptist Church. I don't know. Uh, usually I have, but sometimes I, I preach messages I don't preach here. But um, uh, this is a message I've preached many times the last two years and uh, wanted to go a different way. But on Monday afternoon, God just coming up the road, God said, I want you to preach that Sunday morning at Bible Baptist. So you pray for us and with us that God's will be done. Revelation chapter 2 this morning and verse number 1. The Bible says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, Write these things, saith he that holdeth seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Verse number 2. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. But this that thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Father, we thank you this morning for the good singing. Thank you for the presence of the Lord we feel in this place. And Lord, no doubt in my mind, God, you may have settled things down a little more quieter this morning just because you want to do work in our heart and prepare us for revival this week. But God, I pray that you'll build a fire in our soul this morning. Uh, Lord, not just for worship, but I pray for the souls of men. God, help us, Lord, to have a fire in our soul to serve you and to do and to be what you would have us to be for the glory and the honor of God. I ask you, Lord, this morning to give us liberty, bind the devil, remove any hindrances. Lord, most of all, I pray that we'll give you our ear this morning, that he that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit would say to the church this morning. And may you be glorified, your Son magnified, and the church edified. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach this morning on this subject, on the tragedy of being old-fashioned without any passion. The tragedy of being old-fashioned without any passion. When you come to this text this morning, what is most startling to me about the church of Ephesus, and I'm amazed at this, and how that 
uh, I'm preaching through revelations as God leads me. I never, if I preach a series, I, and you know this by now, that I never announce that I'm preaching a series. And the reason for that, for the most part, is because I never really know from service to service <coughs> what the Lord may do. He <coughs> may direct me to preach. And I've been burdened about hell for several weeks. And I know that's coming down the pipe somewhere. So now, uh, we're going to preach on hell. And I'm praying souls get saved. But uh, the other thing is that when preaching through a book or through a series of sermons, it is amazing to me how that God allows the text to fall at the right time. Uh, it just falls right where it needs to fall. Last Sunday, I uh, preached out of the Revelation chapter 1 all day long and have been preaching through Revelation uh, just as God would give leadership. And then uh, this text so fitting for revival and so fitting for where we're at today. But when we come to the church of Ephesus, John is riding through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but more importantly, it's Jesus that is doing the talking in this text here. And he talks about this church. And what I see in verse number one is that he mentions here the components of this church. He said, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus right Now, in order for a church to be a local New Testament church, then that church has got to have the right components. Isn't that right this morning? Uh, that you would, I think you would agree with me that there's a lot of churches that were started wrong. And there's a lot of churches that have church on the sign. Some don't even have church on the sign anymore. But there's a lot of churches that have church on the sign, but they're not a true local New Testament church. Amen? And the church, in order for a church, now we are the church, we that are saved. Amen? The body of Christ. But in order for us to have the blessings of God as an assembly together, we've got to have the right components. Isn't that right? And I see the components of the church in verse number one. And first of all, I see the pastor is the component. As he said, unto the angel of the church. Now, I know as pastors, we don't look like angels. We probably look more like fallen angels than we do. But the word angel means pastor. Amen? And a pastor is to be the spiritual leader of the church. He is the one that is to lead the flock of God. And we know that we're living in a time when a lot of churches are family owned and operated. Amen? There's a lot of churches that are committee driven and deacon board driven. And thank God that's not the case with these deacons. And we thank God for that. But a local New Testament church is a church that has a pastor. Amen? I'm finding that more churches are learning to operate without a pastor. I've had churches call me and I can understand if a pastor died or something in the church felt the need to have a meeting for encouragement. There are stipulations to what I'm about to say, but there's a lot of churches that are just doing fine. I had a church call and say, well, would you consider preaching a revival for us? I said, well, you need to get your pastor to call me. And they said, well, we don't have a pastor. And, and they made this statement. This was enough for me not to go. Uh, they said, well, you know, really, we're looking, but we're really doing fine uh, right now. And I thought to myself, how in the world can a church operate without the component that God gives, and that's a pastor? Isn't that right? Now, I'm not much this morning, and I don't claim to be much. You said that and I, about yourself, and I've got to agree about myself. I'm not much this morning, but thank God I know I've been called to preach. Amen? I know I've been called to pastor this church. I, I love this church. It's my heart, but I love the Lord most of all. Isn't that right? But I do love the church this morning. And friend, a church only has one pastor. Can I get an amen right there? You can't have two pastors. You can't have somebody else trying to run the church. Uh, uh, you've got to have one head and one leadership. Uh, and listen, he's got to walk with God and be humble. And I'm not saying I'm humble this morning, but I want to be humble. Amen. I don't want God to have to humble me. Amen. But I'm simply saying this. Uh, a church can only have one pastor. 
preaching in a church a couple of years ago, and I told the pastor, I said, you need to watch that guy right there. He said, what do you mean? I said, he's trying to be the pastor of the church. He said, well, I don't think so. He is the pastor of the church today. Now, if you think it's quiet now, it's going to get a little more quieter here in just a moment. Brother, I'm telling you, how many preachers we got in this church? Stand up. If you're a God-called preacher, well, that's a, hang on just a second. That's enough to give me a heart attack. Brother Brian, count how many preachers we got here this morning. While he's counting, I want to tell you, we've had... <laughs> okay, please be seated. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. So you just don't ask some questions when you're preaching. 17 preachers. I thank God for every one of you. But I'll tell you one thing that I have preached more in the last two years and I've preached to you men for this reason is know your place. Amen. And I think I'm preaching to men that know their place. I think you all know your place. But in case one of you ever think about getting out of line, Know your place. Your wives know your place. Amen. You know, as a pastor, you never want to draw the sword on somebody. I've had to. And I'll tell you what I do every time. I've wept. Because there's no joy in it. You men know your place. Don't, you know, I told Brother Sammy Allen, I said, Brother Allen, I love you, and only Brother Allen can do this. I said, I love you, preacher. He said, I know you love me. You know how he is. He said, I'm going to tell you how you love me. And I thought, okay. I don't even know how I've loved. I said, how about, he said, 1 John 4, 19. He's <laughs> got a verse for everything. My little children love not in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. He said, you've loved me in deed and truth. And he said something that was profound. He said, it's not how much you've loved me to my face that matters to me. It's how much you've loved me behind my back. Brother, he said that to me a few days ago, and that stuck with me. I've had it down through the years. This church doesn't even know this. Some of these deacons know this. But down through the years, you wouldn't believe the bullets we've dodged that we've prayed together, Brother Laddie. And God's took care of his church. See, the devil hates this church this morning. Brother, I'm telling you, and I'm just preaching to you preachers for a minute because you need it. I'm preaching to you members too because you need to know this. Brother, I'll tell you times I've asked God, please remove that person. If they won't get right, remove them. And God's removed them every time. You say, preacher, why would you pray that? For the good of the church and the glory of God. I prayed they'd get right before I prayed they'd get removed. But when they don't get right. So preacher, why would you preach like that? Because three weeks ago, standing in the foyer of a church, a man walked up to me I didn't even know. His lip quivering and tears running down his face. Been at his church 25 years and he said, please pray for me. He said, I'm going to resign Sunday morning. Never met the man in my life. And I said, I said, what's, I said, what's wrong? Well, he was just weeping. He said, I lost 90 people Sunday to a man that I've trained. Brother Tim Fleur will preach here in January in a revival. Brother Tim Fleur lost 100 people to a man that he trained. 
man that stood here a few weeks ago in this pulpit, pastored 42 years, had an assistant for 15, and you know who I'm talking about this morning. He lost over half of his congregation. See, we don't know them things because the less I tell the church, the better. Is that right? It's, it's, I tell preachers when they come in, don't talk about everything going on out there in the preacher world. I said, my church don't know much about that. I said, because I don't tell them much about that. But brother, as sure as I'm standing here, the devil wants this church. The pastor, it takes a I'm not much of a pastor. And I'm not, look, I'm not fishing for a compliment. I'm telling you, if you want to know how I feel this morning, that's truly how I feel in my heart. There's so much room for improvement. But he makes up the difference, don't he? I'm talking about the components is the pastor. Then there's the people. He said unto the angel of the church, thank God for people. Brother, I'm telling you, John the Baptist had to have somebody in his corner. Isn't that right? And no man's an island to himself. No pastor can pastor a church without good people. You've got to have people that are loyal, people that are faithful, people that are given, people that will stand behind you, people that will hold your hands up because at the end of the day, you're flesh like everybody else and there's nothing good dwelling in you like in, not, not in anybody else and all of your righteousness is filthy rags and without Him, you can do nothing and thank God for some people that will get in the yoke and just pull in the same direction, amen? That's what I love about this church. I, I, there's no fluff, there's no politics, there's no, there's no prestige. Amen. I mean, that's not what this place is about. And by the grace of God, it ain't ever going to be about that. It's just about a bunch of people needing help coming together around the Word of God and lifting up the blood-stained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ and winning souls and preaching the gospel. It's not about me and it's not about you, but it is about Him. Amen. And thank God for people that will be faithful. Amen. Brother, thank God for a church that'll stay with you through, st- uh, through thick and thin. That'll be with you through the good times and through the bad times. Uh, that'll be with you when that's full, but it'll be with you when it's empty. Amen. Thank God for some longevity in church membership. Uh, we can't ride the wave every Sunday. I wish we shouted every Sunday. But listen, it just don't happen that way. And it could happen that way. But it just don't happen that way. But thank God for people that show back up and come back together again and we just keep on preaching and we keep on singing and we keep on knocking doors I'm saying one of the components of the church is people, amen I've never believed people look better going than they do coming there have been some that I was relieved when they left but I wish they wouldn't have left I was relieved but I didn't want them to leave because I watched them get out of the will of God. How could you be happy about that? Watch your children and their homes fall apart. There's no joy in that. But we have to press on, don't we? If someone quits, we carry on, don't we? If someone leaves and goes and joins another church, we hate it, but guess what? We come back and we go right on. Amen. 
would just keep on singing and keep on preaching. I've seen people leave that thought this place would fall apart when they left. I've seen people that leave that had such a premium on themselves. They thought we couldn't manage without them. But you know what? God just sent somebody in to replace them. Hey, we're none of us are to the point where we can't be replaced. We're just filling the shoes of somebody that was there before we were. And one day somebody's going to fill our shoes. We don't, listen, God don't need me and God don't need you. Oh, but I sure do need him this morning. I'm telling you, I need him more today than I did yesterday. He's my best friend. He's my companion. He's my savior. I love him this morning and I need him. Hallelujah. I need church, don't you? And I need a whole lot of church. Amen. I'm telling you today when everybody wants to cancel Sunday night and cancel Wednesday night and they want to have small groups and they want to have little Sunday. I like Sunday school at 10 o'clock. But I don't want to be in a small group. Amen. I want to hook up with the church. I want to hook up with some preaching. I want to hook up with some singing. Don't give me a donut and a cup of coffee and put me in a living room. Put me in a sanctuary with an old time leather Line preacher that'll take a King James Bible and straight deliver it across the pulpit. I need the church. Hallelujah. Woo! I don't need somebody in a polo sipping on a, a listen, a, a cup of coffee a, trying to make me feel good about myself. I need a man of God a, that's walked behind the veil and got in touch with heaven and got a message on his heart and will tell me how low down and sorry I really am. Amen. Well, that's what's wrong with this generation. They've had too much Joel Osteen. Amen with 150 pearly white teeth. Hey, he may be grinning like a possum, but he's a wolf, amen? More after your pocketbook and prestige. I'm telling you, we need some John the Baptist that'll rise up out of the wilderness and preach up my friend like a dying man to dying people and will love their souls. Hallelujah. I'll never finish the sermon, but thank God for people. That'll hang with you. Man, Brother Danny, you stirred me up this morning. Son, I wanted to run around the building. Amen. Got to teaching uh, in the power of the Holy Ghost uh, and got to talking about some old time preaching. And that's what God had put in my heart this morning uh, and got to talking about uh, just preaching it like it is uh, and telling it like it is. Uh, I don't want to be mean. I want to be bold. Uh, and there's a difference between boldness and meanness. Uh, uh, but sometimes you got to look the devil right square in the eye and say, You're not going over me. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, He'll give you the strength to stand when you need to stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes you got to have dinner with the devil. You don't even know what I'm talking about, but he knows. Amen, Lord. I might preach till 2 o'clock today. Would y'all be okay with that? Amen. I'm just telling you this morning the components of the church. There's the people, there's the pastor, there's the place. Notice he said, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, there was a place. You know, God's got a place for everybody. You ought to go back to the first day God brought you to this place. You ought to go back to what he did for you on that day. So I was born in this place. Well, you ought to thank God for that. You was born in a good place, wasn't you? 
You ought to go back to the first time God brought you to this place, this church, Ephesus, Bible Baptist. Ephesus was as real as Bible is this morning. You ought to go back to the place the first time you walked through them doors. Maybe everything was going great in your life. Maybe everything was wonderful in your life. Maybe there was no problems and the birds were singing and everything was just grand and glorious. And if so, I praise God for that. But for most of us standing here, sitting here this morning, when you walk through them doors, you wasn't listen. You wasn't just stepping on. You wasn't coming off a street of gold, friend, and walking into church. Uh, many came from a barren desert. Many came from a broken home. Many came from a world that was turned upside down. Didn't know what you were going to do. Many came walking through the fire, the flood, the storm. But God brought you to a little oasis. And he's used this place to put your life where it is today. Don't you know the devil would love to get you out of this church? Don't you know he'd love to move you somewhere else? It could still be church. Just don't let it be this place. Because God has done wonderful things. He has blessed you in this place. He has been good to you here. This is the place God has put you. You ought to get up every morning and thank Thank God you're saved and you're a member of Bible Baptist Church. You ought to praise God. You got an old-fashioned church in 2018 where people still shout, where people still praise God, where we've not compromised, where we're still preaching that book, where we're still standing for what's right. You ought to praise God for your church. I say bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Thank God, brother lady, for an old-fashioned church. We're still afloat today. Yeah. Yeah. We still got a church. Yeah. Woo! 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 Oh, thank God for a church. Just a place to come together. Just a place to worship. Just a place to hear from heaven. Oh, thank God for this place. And I dare say, there are people sitting here this morning. You've got some backslid. That's all that's wrong with you is your backslid. You sit around and listen to the devil or somebody. Say, preacher, you heard something. I'm just preaching, but I think I'm hitting something is what I think. I ain't heard nothing, but I sure am plowing something up. Friend, we're not going around the corners. We're coming right down the road. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, this morning, hey, probably somebody's a backslid. You sat here long enough until you thought, well, maybe I need to go somewhere else. Worst mistake of your life. And don't come to me with that mess. Well, I prayed about it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I don't believe a word of it. Amen. Because I know enough to know this. When God moves somebody, he'll give the pastor peace about it. If he's right with God. But I've watched people, I tell you, I've watched husbands talk their wives into leaving a good church. Drag them out, then them get divorced. Watch it happen right here. I've watched wives drag their husbands out. I might preach again tonight. 
You sure? And you might preach tonight, so let's just pray about it. Because I'm not going to finish. But I may be done. The burden may be off me tonight. You know what I'm saying. But you know what I think? I've watched this happen. I've watched wives, and I'm not picking on women. But I've watched women, I've watched, and I this is the way it is. Men have lust problems. Women have tongue problems. It's not to say women can't have lust problems and men can't have tongue problems, but most of the time that's how it goes. Not too many perverted women. You, There are perverted women, but usually that's the avenue men get off into. But that tongue and them emotions is what them women get off in. They'll rattle that tongue, gossip, you know, hand on the hip. You know what I'm talking about? Say things they ought not say. Amen. They'll run that mouth, and after they run that mouth, they won't get it right. They have too much pride, too stubborn to say they're wrong. And God's a wearing them out in that church. They can't get no victory. They can't get no blessing. Now, they can act like it, but they just, they just like a roller coaster. Can't get right. So the only thing left for them to do, if they don't get right, they got to work on that husband. Say, preacher, have you heard anything? Not a thing. God, honest for God, bear a new record in heaven. I ain't heard one thing, but I'm a hitting something. They'll work on that husband. They'll talk to him and talk to him. Well, I just, you know, people don't love me out there no more. People don't treat me right. Don't come to me and tell me people don't treat you right. Because you're going to have to get behind me. And you're going to have to get behind her. Come on now. You think everybody in here is treating everybody right tonight? Oh, no. I wished it was, but it, everybody here ain't treating everybody right. So, well, they don't, they don't, you know, people don't, they just kindly shun me. Well, what have you done? Well, preacher, I ain't done nothing. Oh, I know you hadn't done a thing. It's all them, all 200 of them. I don't believe that mess neither, by the way. Just grow up and get over it and be, you know, just be a big boy or big girl. And do what the Bible says. It's not about how people treat me. I'd resign tonight. If pastoring was about how people treat you. Well, Brother Gravely, we've been good to you. We... We pay your salary. We buy, we buy you a car. I thank God for that. But you think everybody treats me right all the time? You know why I don't get mad about that? Because I don't treat everybody right all the time. Because we're flesh. I don't want to hold Brother David to that standard. That Brother David, if you don't treat me right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really upset. I'm not holding him to that standard. Because then he has to hold me to that standard. I do my best and you do your best. Don't. But you know what? Sometimes we might accidentally ignore or do something. But that's what happens when women get upset and they start working for it. Finally, boy, they get them out of church. Get them to another church. Amen. And then children. Boy, I'm telling you, when they start hitting them teenage years, they start saying, well, why can't we do what so-and-so doing? I... 
I've had some good friends in the ministry. They're still my friends. They're, they'll be my friends till we die. Yeah. I've had some good friends. Yes, sir. But they've left us. Yes, sir. They've left us way because they're children when they got to be teenagers. I tell you, man, I'm telling you, man, that preacher in his pulpit for years, the same age as me. Most of y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. I can say it because he's not even in the ministry. But I'm talking about Brother Laddie. He helped feed my soul. We had some of the best fellowship. But sitting at the table one day, he said something to me, and I knew he was going down the wrong path. And I said, Brother, please, please don't go that way. I said, no, no, you're not thinking right. Don't start questioning everything. when It's right. But I tell you what it was when his kids, when they're like this, it's, it's not easy, but it's not near as hard as when they start getting like this. Because when they start getting like this, they start trying to think on their own. What you do is you tighten up. You don't loosen up. And you never talk about your church. You never run down your church in front of them. You never talk about the man of God in front of them. See, you can do that and get over it next week, but they'll, they'll hold on to that. You'll lose them. You'll lose them. And I want to say this morning, there's a lot of other things I could have preached. I didn't go the direction I thought I was going to go, but I don't know. Maybe that's all God wanted me to preach today. I love this church, don't you? We need revival. I need revival. I tell you how I feel about revival. Every time we have revival or we think about it, I want to evaluate myself this morning. I'm not looking at all of y'all and seeing what you need. I'm praying for you and I think you're praying for me, but the question to this morning for me, having, for our church having revival, is what do I need to do? Lord, what is it you want to say to me? He that hath an ear, let him hear. If you love your church, you better pray for your church. Yes. Say, preacher, we got trouble. As far as I know, we don't have one ounce of trouble in this church that I know of. And I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to wait till something raises its ugly head up to start pulling the sword out. I'd rather just preach something in love as prevented maintenance and hopes it brings it to all of our attention of how blessed we really are to be at this place. And I hope this morning that your burden is for your church as we stand this morning. God speaks to you and you need to come. Brother David's going to sing.